against every hindering spirit, Father God, in Jesus' name. God, I come against, God, every demonic attack right now in the name of Jesus. God, every attack and every assignment of the enemy that he has sent out against Miracle Temple Deliverance Ministry, I bind it right now in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you for the blood of Jesus right now in the name of Jesus. God, I thank you, God, that because of the blood of Jesus, God, we're healed, we're delivered, we are set free. God, we are no longer bound. Father God, we are free for whom the sun sets free is free indeed. So I decree and I declare freedom over this house in Jesus' name. God, I thank you and I praise you. Now, God, I come against the spirit of error. And I loose the spirit of truth in this house in Jesus' name. God, I speak that everything that's hidden, God, shall be revealed. Everything that's in darkness, God, shall come to light in Jesus' name. God, I thank you right now for the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, you are truly welcome in this place. Thank you, Father, for the Holy Spirit being our teacher and our helper on today. Father God, I thank you that our hearts and minds are receptive, God, to receive this word, God, that you're sending unto your people on today. And Father God, right now in the name of Jesus, I thank you and I praise you because I know that I have been crucified with Christ. And it's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. Now, Father God, when this word of God comes out of my mouth, I thank you that it comes like a fire that devours everything going on around us. It comes like a hammer breaking the rocks into pieces. It comes like a two-edged sword. It let illumination and light come through this word of God on today in the name of Jesus. God, we thank you. We praise you and we glorify you for what you have already done here at Miracle Temple Deliverance Ministry. God, I hear you say that you're making the crooked places straight. God, even on today, God, you have already turned around everything the enemy meant for our harm. God, you have already turned it around and you have made it for our good in Jesus' name. So we honor you for that. We glorify you for that right now in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Isn't he a wonderful savior? Isn't he an awesome God? Sometimes we say that, but do we really believe that? Amen. Today we're going to look into second Corinthians, the fourth chapter. And it's something that um, I believe that you're familiar with, but we're going to go back there. Second Corinthians, the fourth chapter, verse 13. When we all get there, just let us say amen. Second Corinthians, the fourth chapter, verse 13. We having the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believed and therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. I'm going to read it again. We have in the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believe and therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. The last time I spoke on this um, verse of scripture, God gave me a title, Faith Has a Voice. But this time, God has given me another title for this, and it's called Faith Feel Words. So this is what we're going to talk about today, faith-filled words. I believe that some of us 
We speak the word of God, but are you actually speaking what you believe? This is what Paul is saying. Paul is saying that he only speaks what he believes. Sometimes it's easy for us to copycat somebody else or to portray somebody else. But do you actually believe what you're saying? Because if you don't believe what the word of God is saying, then why are you speaking it? Some people speak the word because they want to get attention from the word of God or from people to whom they're speaking to. And some people can speak the word of God and it looked like they're speaking in confidence. It looked like they're speaking in faith, but their lifestyle don't line up with what they're saying. We have too many people that speaking the word of God and we know that the word of God is true. But people are speaking it, but their lifestyle is outside of what they're speaking. You cannot speak contrary to the word of God. You cannot say what you believe and you're not living what you believe. If you're saying it, you need to live it. And people need to see you living it without pretending that you're living it. Because whatever is hidden is going to come to light. Whatever's in darkness is going to come to light. Whatever is hidden is going to be revealed. And I'm here to tell you that God's going to show up some people. He's going to put light upon that darkness and he's going to expose that darkness with the light. And we know that light comes through the word of God. So God is bringing this in here because we have too many people trying to portray something that they're not. And they don't know who they really are now that they're in Christ. When you know who you are now that you're in Christ, you don't have to be like anyone else except who you are now that you're in Christ. Because it's not based upon you, it's based upon him. People supposed to see him and not see you. If they're seeing too much of you, he's not in it. If they're seeing just a little bit of you, he's not in it. But when they see Jesus through the word that you're speaking, they know who you've been with. It's time to turn off all of this foolishness that's going on around us and this foolishness that's going on around us is coming from the way people speak and the way people react and people react based on what's spoken y'all didn't know you get reaction from what people are saying and this is why you have so many people saying what people want to hear I'm here to tell you that words have power. They will tell you anything to get you started. They will tell you anything for you to follow them, but actually they're not following Christ the way they need to follow Christ. So I want to talk about faith-filled words. Only speak what you believe. Don't just say it because somebody else said it. You say it because you believe that's what the word of God is saying. And when you believe what the word of God is saying, you stand on what the word of God is saying outside of what it looked like or what it feel like or what it appeared to be. Amen. So we see here Paul was telling them he's only speaking what he believed. We have so many people coming against the word of God. The word of life. And the reason why they're coming against this word because the enemy know the word of God has power. And when you speak according to what you believe, you're going to get manifestation from what you're speaking. Your words have power. Look at your neighbor and say, your words have power. Say, there's life and death and the power of the tongue. Say, there's life and death and the power of the tongue. Let's stop right there. Do we realize what we're saying? There is life and death in the power of your tongue. 
And so many people, when they start speaking stuff, so many people will say, you know, I'm only speaking according to what the word of God is saying. But when you're speaking according to what the word of God is saying, you're not trying to prove nothing. The only thing you're doing is speaking according to his word. The Bible says out of the abundance of your heart, the mouth speak. So whatever is in you is going to come out of you. Now we have to understand this too. If it's been there for a long time, it has taken root in you. And it has become a part of you and nobody can change your mind. Have you ever been around a person that you've given them nothing but truth? And the more truth you give them, the more they act like it's not true. The more they come up with what they believe that the word of God is saying. See, this is why we have to ask God for the spirit of wisdom and revelation knowledge of him. We have to ask that our eyes are enlightened, our heart is enlightened, so we would know what the hope of his calling is and what the riches of his glory is in Christ. If you have not been illuminated, if you have not received light through this word, it's because you haven't been in this word long enough to know what God has to say. We miss out on God because we miss out on the word of God. Y'all, I'm going to tell you something. When you speak in this word with confidence, there's no trembling. There's no fear. You know what God is saying outside of what you hear, outside of what you see, outside of your five senses. You saying, God, if you say it, it is so. That's what amen means. It is so. Whether people want to believe it or not, it is so. So we have to speak faith-filled words. Last Sunday, we talked about prayer. And prayer is communication, having a relationship with your father and you got to know that he is your father you got to know that he is a loving father and the more time you spend with him the more time the more you know how loving God is and the more you know that God will give you anything that you asked according to his word and that's the confidence and the boldness that you have in him because he is his word but then when I was um, going back and and um, going over what we talked about last Sunday, God brought this message on faith-filled words. And I'm saying, God, what are, you, what are you saying? He was letting me know too many people are speaking about him, but they're not being about him. And when you speak about him, you have to be about him. And when you're really speaking about him, you're speaking from the inside out. And the more time you spend with him, you're going to speak more about him. I'm going to say it again. The more time you spend with him, the more time, the, the more you're going to speak about him. So I'm going to take you on a journey through the word of God, dealing with faith-filled words and how we have to understand how important it is to get into the word of God. He reminded me dealing with Mary. Y'all know all about Mary. We talk about Mary. We talk about Jesus and how Jesus was conceived in Mary's womb and she, he was conceived because of the word that came to Mary. When Mary received that word, then she conceived the seed that was on inside of her, which was the word of God. But she said, be it unto me according to your word. So she accepted that word by faith. And when she accepted the word by faith, she spoke what she believed. She said, be it unto me according to thy word. But then the, the angel began to tell her that there was nothing impossible for God, meaning that God's word was not void of power. That's what I want you to understand. 
God's word is not void of power. When the word of God is spoken, faith-filled words, power is released through those words that you are speaking. I'm going to take you back to the beginning because this is where things began. It said in Genesis 1, in the beginning, it said God, that means Elohim, created the heaven and the earth. When we look at created, it means something that was created that didn't exist. God took something that did not exist and bring it into existence. So that's the part we got to hang on to is that first verse. He's Elohim. He is the creator. None of us in this room could have done this but God. So God created. He, I want you to get it. He created something, meaning that it did not exist, and God brought it into existence. How could Elohim do this? The next verse says that the earth was what? Void. It was empty. It was formless. It was worthless. So that means there was nothing there. When you go back to that first verse, it said Elohim created the heavens and the earth. So he took something that did not exist. He brought it into existence. And then that second verse is telling you there was nothing there. So it's proving the first verse. He took something that did not exist and bring it into existence. And it said darkness was over the face of the deep. Y'all know when it's dark, you see nothing. So that means nothing was there. You could see nothing. He took something that did not exist and he brought it into existence because it was void. It was empty. It was useless. It was worthless. It was like a wasteland. But it said that darkness, what did it do? It was over the deep. But I like that next part of that. It said the spirit, the spirit hoovered, the spirit brought it over what? The water. That means that the Holy Spirit in the midst of all the chaos, y'all better catch this, in the midst of nothing, the, the Holy Spirit was waiting. And what was he waiting for? He was waiting on the word to be spoken. Y'all better hear what I'm saying. So this is what happened. I want you to get it. Create means something was created out of nothing. He took something that did not exist and he made it exist. And how did he make it exist? By faith-filled words. God already knew what he was seeing. So now he had to say what he was seeing. So God began to say, let there be. He had to let be that was not. Y'all hear what I'm saying? He had to let be that was not. You got to let be that was not. You got to think spiritual, not natural. So God is a spirit. So everything he did, he done it by the spirit. He already saw it, so he said what he saw. So he said, let there be, and the Holy Spirit was there ready to let there be what God was getting ready to say to be in existence. So he said, let there be light. Holy Spirit said, all right, I'm going to release the power on that let there be based upon what you said. The Bible said, and God said, y'all don't get it. And God said, look at your neighbor and say, and God said. Say, and God said. 
Say it's not you, it's God saying. Y'all missing it? You waiting on God, and God said, I'm waiting on you to say so my spirit can move on what you saying. But it got to be according to my word. Oh, we're going to do that again. The Bible says, in the beginning, Elohim created. That means he took something that did not exist and brought it into existence. There was nothing there. The earth was void. It was empty. It was worthless. Darkness was over what? The face of the deep. But then God had a plan. He had the spirit of God, which represents God hoovering, waiting for God to speak. It took the Father, it took the Son, and it took the Holy Ghost. And they worked as one. But when God began to speak, the Holy Spirit, guess what? He released the power. He was hoovering over darkness to bring light. He was waiting to bring light in the midst of, he's waiting in this room. He's hoovering in this room to release what's needed in this room. But what do we do? We wait on God. God said, I have given you power. When you go through Genesis, you see everything that God had to create because it was nothing there. And God always said, and God said, And God said, let there be, and there was. And God said, let there be, and there was. That's why the Bible said we have to understand. By faith, we have to understand that the worlds were created by the word of God. By faith, we have to understand. You got to get your understanding on how things were created. It was created by the word of God. Why do you think that things are not working in your life because you ain't looking at the word the way you need to look at the word? You ain't seeing the word the way you need to see the word. You just speaking the word, but you ain't believing what the word has already said. It's already done. The Bible said he upholds all things by the word of his power. Do y'all know nothing would be upheld if it wasn't for the word? He created everything by the word. So when something go wrong, we have to speak the word over his creation. Nobody get it. You got to speak the word over what he created. It ain't no ritual, y'all. Ain't no praying all night long to get nothing from God. Ain't no speaking in tongues all night long to get nothing from God. It ain't no coming to church just to get something from God. It ain't paying your tithes to get nothing from God. It's decreeing and declaring what he's already saying and obeying what he said. We miss it. We walk the floor. We do rituals. We tell people to do cartwheels. We tell them to do flips. We holler loud. We jump all over the place. And we're waiting for God to come down. He's here. We're doing everything we can to say, fix it, Jesus, fix it. Like I know you would. He's already fixed it. 
You just didn't grab hold of what he's fixed. Well, if I pray a little bit longer, he'll hear me. If I bar in heaven, he'll hear me. If we do all night, shut, shut in all night, God will hear us and somebody will be saved. The Bible tells me that God says that the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Let me say it again. The harvest is plentiful. But the laborers, who's the laborers? Who are the laborers? Who are the laborers? That's where it's few at. You got a big harvest. But the laborers have gotten lazy because they want to stay in church giving somebody a word. Giving a word to the ones that's supposed to already believe. Trying to show up and show out. Having all of this stuff. People come. God's going to heal you. God's going to. God's already done it. You coming to know what he's already done, not coming to get something you already got. That's why people have meetings. Y'all didn't know? To tell you, you need to come get what you ain't got. Because they think they they hold everything. They want to show you how to fall out right. You fall out. Oh, you got a demon, not necessarily. You better know the difference. The most time you spend with God, you're going to know what you see and you're going to know what people are doing. People are fixated on them, not on Jesus. Because people want to be in the limelight. People want to be seen, heard, and attached to. People want to go where they see the move of God. If they don't see no movement in a place, they feel like God ain't there. God is everywhere. God said, I will never, ever leave you, nor shall I forsake you. The only reason why God ain't moving, because you believe in that he ain't moving. Because you believe you got to see somebody shaking. You got to believe you got to see somebody hollering. You got to see somebody rolling. To know God has showed up. I'm here to tell you he's here right now. Y'all didn't know. Y'all didn't know he's in you. In you I live. In you I move. In you I have my being. Outside of you I am nothing. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, church, what's wrong with you? I'm reminded of the song Judas just sung. Let us see Jesus. Like I never seen him before. High and lifted up. Did you see him while you were singing it, Judah? Because if you seen him while you was uh, singing it, all of you be prostrated. It wouldn't be nobody singing. If you see him high and lifted up, y'all will see another voice coming through Judah. Some of you wouldn't hear nothing. Because everything you sing, you're supposed to see. And when you see it, it ain't you no more. It is him. Oh, we're getting somewhere. Look at your neighbor and say, God is doing something in here. Say, right where you sit. Say, right where you sit. God is doing something. Say, catch what God is doing. Say, don't miss the move of God. Say, nobody has to get up and run nowhere. He's here. Guess what it was, y'all? 
when we go back to the beginning, did y'all notice the Holy Spirit? He was hovering. It didn't say nothing else. When a hen, is it a hen? Is on the eggs. She broad over those eggs. She's at a stillness. She's waiting for those eggs. But she have to sit there. And she have to wait until that time. The Holy Spirit was waiting. He was sitting. Because he knew when that word is spoken, something is getting ready to happen according to what God said. And that's what we're supposed to be doing. We're supposed to have an expectancy that when that word of the word of God is going forth, you're supposed to see it immediately what God is saying. Why? Because you don't been with the father. This is why it was so easy for Mary to be at the feet of Jesus because she knew at his feet she was learning from him. And she needed everything from him that was needed because she knew what was happening around her. But Martha was a busybody. Martha was over there passing out flyers trying to get people to go here and get, go there. Martha was washing dishes. Martha was doing everything trying to serve the way she knew how to serve. And she's going to try to turn on Mary, her sister. Where am I going? We got sisters turning on sisters. We got brothers turning on brothers. Why is people turning on each other? Because you think I'm doing more than you, so you got to turn on me to make me look bad. That's what we do in the body of Christ. We turn on one another. We put each other down because this meeting look hotter than this meeting, or this person is singing better than this person, so I got to shut you down. So how do we shut people down first? First, we go to the Father. Father. Don't you see what apostle is doing in that meeting? Don't you see how she's cutting the full example? Y'all, I'm using this as an example. Can't you see how she's cutting the full? Shut her down, Lord. And this is what God come back and say. Amanda, Amanda, apostle is doing what's needed. And you are troubled about many things. Who did he shut down? Shut her down. She couldn't say nothing. Not one thing. This is what we supposed to do. One thing I like about Martha, she did go to the father. She did tell him how she felt. But we, we go to one another and talk about each other. Talk about what should or could have happened over there. How it should or could have been done. The Bible tells us to judge not. And ye shall not be judged. Because with the judgment that you judge... That's how you're going to be judged. But you can judge righteously. You can go up in a meeting and and you can really take the word of God with you and say that's not God. Because you don't want people to be in error. You want to expose error and you want to bring truth. So we see how God created everything. And everything he created, he created it for us. Look how much the father loved us. He created it for us for the plan and the purposes that he had for our lives. And after he created everything, this is what he did. He said, let us make man in our image. He made nothing in his image but man. That man, by the way, made woman and man. See, that's, that's error too. A spirit of error. Some men think women can do nothing but wash your clothes, wash your dishes, eat, and sit down and hush. 
That's, that's what man thinks. You know, a man should be over a woman. I agree to a certain extent. Because if you wait on some of these men to be over you, you're going to be broke, busted, and disgusted. If you're waiting on a man to take care of you, some men can't take care of themselves because they don't know how to be taken care of. They may be decked out. They may be looking this way or that way, but that don't mean nothing. You got to see them the way God see them, not by the way they look. Didn't y'all know when Samuel went to go find the king? When he come up in there, there go Elab, and he looking like he's a fighter, like he can be the one that God's chosen. God said, don't you look at appearance. I don't go on appearance. I go on the heart. Too many of y'all went on appearance, and now you don't want to stay in no marriage. You went on what you saw or what you thought it was. You thought he had money. You thought he was just so handsome. You thought he did everything right. Now you're ready to kill him. Truth be told. Now you don't want to cook his food and you say he's sanctified and filled. That's when you're supposed to cook it. I'm going back. I'm going back. God took something. Your husband is a something that did not exist. And he brought something into existence that God can use. And how did he do it? When he don't want to act right, you speak those things that be not as though they were. Uh Uh-oh. No, we want to get rid of each other. She gained weight, you gone. He get a little fat, you gone. She ain't cooking, she ain't putting out the way she's supposed to. I can get it somewhere else. That ain't God. Saved, sanctified, filled with what self? See, we got a problem in the body of Christ. The reason why we have the problem is because we're not in the word of God. We got to do what the word of God tell us to do. We got to go according to the word, not according to our feeling. Everybody is not perfect except in the spirit. And until you connect with the spirit, you're going to be out of the realm of God. Because your soul have to be renewed on a daily basis. And in order for you to connect with the spirit, once you renew your mind, your body is going to follow and you're going to see a new you. You ain't going to see a new you until you look into the spiritual mirror. And then when you look into the spiritual mirror, you got to begin to speak what the word of God is saying about you. So we see, what did he create? He created man in his own image, in his likeness. He gave us his characteristics. We were created as spiritual beings. I want y'all to catch this. We were created as spiritual beings. You cannot see a spirit. Is that not right? So when God created us, he created us as spirit beings. But then God gave us right. He gave us dominion. Now check this now. He gave us right. He gave us dominion. That means he gave us authority. He told us to replenish the earth. Now, if we created as spiritual beings, y'all, a spirit can't replenish nothing. Is that not right? So what did God have to do? God had to form a body for that spirit to inhabit. Because God said, I have created an earth, and I need somebody on the earth to act on my behalf. And he said, the way you act on my behalf is according to my creations, the way I created things, and I want you to speak according to my word. So we know that he created them. He created male and female. But guess what? The female was already in the male. Both names, they were called Adam. Y'all didn't know. This is what we mess up at. We say, Adam was the first man. No, it was two of them. 
It was just one inside the other. And God used his rib to bring out the other. But she was already in Adam. So this is what we miss. When God spoke to Adam, he spoke to Eve. When God told Adam, I don't want you to eat from that tree, Eve was already inside of Adam. So Eve knew exactly what um, God told Adam. Because the Bible says that he took man and he put him in the midst of that garden to work that garden, to tend to that garden. He needed a man to take care of his creation. And the way the man take care of his creation is through spoken words. It wasn't through no hard labor, y'all. It was through speaking those things that be not as though they were. Your words have power. He even gave Adam the right to name the animals. And whatever Adam called those animals, that was their name. God didn't call them, but I believe he had to get it, get it from God in order to speak. Oh, y'all so quiet. So then the next thing that happened, they in paradise, God gave them one command. One. Here come old Slewfoot. Here come old Beelzebub, the Lord of the Flies. Here come old Satan. Here come the prince of the power of the air. Here come the God of this world who blinded the minds of the unbelievers, keeping them from believing this glorious gospel. Here he come. So guess what he had to do? I want y'all to catch this. Who is the creator? Elohim. Who created Lucifer? So God know all about him, don't he? But Lucifer wanted to be big and bad up there in heaven. Ain't number one God. Ain't number one God that's going to sit on the throne. Ain't number one God who sits high, who looks low. Ain't number one God who's above every God. That's why he's El, Ohim. He's above every God. He's El, Ohim. He's above every God. Oh, Lucifer didn't like that. So he had to go talk to some of those angels in heaven to get what he had to do, talk. He let his beauty get beside himself. He thought he was the most beautiful thing that was in heaven. See, he was right there amongst God making the beautiful music. The music was coming out of him. So he thought he was better than God. But guess what happened to him? Because he wanted to rebel, because he wanted to exalt himself above God, he got cast out of heaven. So guess what he did? He went into the garden, into the place that didn't have no evil. Everything was good because the Bible said everything God created was good. This is why I say even with children, you can look at some children and in your mind you say, oh, uh, and the Lord began to tell me, he said, don't say they're bad, say they're good. He said, because everything I created is good. They may be acting in a bad way, but they're still good. That's what we're supposed to speak. You good outside of how you acting. Yes, you acting like a bad child, but that's not who you are. So we don't deny what they're doing, but we tell them this is who you are. Some people say, bad, you just bad. Your mom and daddy need to beat you blue. You're just bad. That grows up in that child. And that child, what that child do, that child begin to speak what you said. Words have power. So we look at him. He come in the garden. But guess what he did? He took on what God created. Because he was Elohim. He used the serpent. And he spoke through that serpent, y'all. And he began, this is, this is where it started at. Remember, everything God created, he created it good. And he created it by what? Words. He spoke it into existence. But then the enemy come into the garden. And then he said, 
I got to read it. I want y'all to catch it. I want y'all to follow the word. He said this. And he said unto the woman, who, who was he speaking to? Eve. What did he do? He used what? Words. He said unto the woman, yea, have God said? You shall not eat of the, every tree of the garden. This is his tactic, y'all. He said, have God said? He was bringing doubt. When you bring doubt, that means he's trying to get you to have less confidence in God. He wants you to lack confidence in God. So he said, have God said, you shall not eat of that tree. Do you know the enemy is always waiting for an opportunity to grab hold to your words? He's waiting on the opportunity to counteract what God has said to you. Because as soon as you get a good word from the Lord, the enemy want to come in and counteract that and say, did God say he was going to heal you? So this is what he said. So Eve come back and she told him what God said, but she put in there not to touch the tree because Eve know if I touch the tree, I'm going to pull off the fruit from the tree and I'm going to eat it. So she put in there touch, but she knew God told her not to eat from that tree. And this is what she said. She said, if I eat from the tree, I shall surely die. You know what Satan did? He came and counterreacted that. He said, you shall not die. What did he do with us? He counterreact the word. He turned the word around. When God give you a word, the enemy come with negative to turn that word around so you can doubt God and lack confidence in what God said. And he'll even put you amongst people to tell you, now, use common sense. Use common sense. Now, that right there ain't going to work. Now, don't be stupid. Save folk. Use common sense. That, that don't work in the real world. Save folk. You believing for a car. You ain't got no job. You sure ain't got no money, but you believing for a car. It's only one income in that house. But God told you what you can have. God will take something that does not exist and bring it into existence by you speaking it out in spite of what you don't have. If God tell you to speak according to his word, if he wake you up at night and said, I shall supply all of your needs according to my riches and glory by Christ Jesus. By the way, he said, by Christ Jesus. So that was over 2,000 years ago. So that means it's already mine. So every day I get up and I talk about my car. I'm driving my car. I'm telling you the color of my car. I'm telling you how fast my car can go. And people are saying, you crazy, apostle. Call me crazy all you want. I'm driving. Zoom, zoom. That's faith-filled words. Because God gave you a word. He said, I'm going to supply. Well, if you're going to supply it, I don't have to worry about it because you said you were going to do it. So I'm going to go according to your word. Be it unto me. So guess what? I had to receive that call in the spirit where it was already done. I'm in heaven driving my zoom, zoom. But that manifestation is going to come here on earth. Zoom, zoom. Y'all don't get it. You got to drive it out in the spirit before you can drive it in the natural. If you can't receive it in the spirit, you ain't going to receive it in the natural. We're trying to grab something in the natural that we don't even comprehend in the spirit. We're trying to make it work in the natural. 
natural and haven't even grabbed hold to the spirit. It's a spiritual thing. He said, I have already blessed you with all spiritual blessings, but they're in heavenly places. So if they're in heavenly places, they're already mine. So I'm going to speak heaven here on earth. Let thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. And the only way it's going to come is I got to pull out of heaven and bring it here on earth. Didn't that how Mark did it? Mark was from Ork. Mark kept in contact with Ork, and he ended up introducing Mindy to Ork. And Mark wouldn't change how it was over there where he was. Mindy tried to do everything but couldn't change him. And she ended up marrying that man and living an egg. She was happy with that egg because she loved Mark. Y'all don't get it? It's a spiritual thing. Don't let people take you out of the spirit. This is why the word of God tell us that we walk by faith and not by sight. The word of God lets you know that you have to crucify that flesh. Because when you walk in the spirit, there is life and peace. When you're currently minded, there is death. So the devil wants us to be currently minded. So when he said this, the very tree that God told Eve and Adam not to eat from, Eve began to see that tree. She began to think about that tree. And all of a sudden, she took the fruit of the tree and she shared it with her husband. Why wouldn't she share it with her husband? They're one. But Adam already knew what he should not have done, but he did it. And by him succumbing to Eve, that's how sin came into the world. Why am I going there with Adam and Eve? Because he used words. He know how powerful the word of God is. So he said, I got to counteract that word. I got to bring a lie so you can believe that lie over the truth. And this is what the enemy is doing. He wants you to believe a lie over the truth. This is how strongholds are formed. Through your way of thinking. For as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So does he become. The enemy say, if I can get your thinking wrong, I can get your living wrong. If I can get your thinking wrong, he said, I'm setting you up to reprogramming you the way that I want you to be. This is why when sin came into the world, we were programmed to sin. We were conceived in sin, right? In sin, my mother conceived me. But see, the difference between Jesus, Jesus was not conceived in sin. See, he was, he was pure. We are born again of what? Incorruptible seed, not corruptible seed, right? Incorruptible seed is the word of God which lives and abides forever. So we have to take this word, y'all, for what it is. And how do we take the word of God for what it is? We get into the word and we say, God said, God said, God, this is what you're saying. Yes, this is how I feel, but I don't go on my feelings. I go on what you say. This is what you say. That's why we have to stay in connection with God. That's why we got to have a relationship with God. People are blowing your head up with nonsense. Christian folks telling you what you got to do, how you got to live. Live according to the book. If you in the good book, nobody should have to tell you how to live. We remind you of what the word of God is saying, but you should supposed to be subjected already to the word because you in it. Why are we having a problem with church folk? It ain't the sinners, the church folks. The sinner already know how to live, and they're living it. Church folks act like you're going crazy when you're living according to, oh, you're just too holy. 
He said, be ye holy because I am holy. My life's supposed to represent holiness. My holiness comes from Jesus, not from me. But I'm going to live a holy life. Why? Because that's what the word of God tells me to do. And the more I get into the word, the more I leave other stuff alone. The more I don't hang out with the ones that saying, Lord, Lord, and don't know him. Foolishness. Coming into church, shouting, hollering, praising Jesus. Then get out drinking, cussing, carrying on, and then get caught in your mess and making excuses for what you're doing. Just say, I messed up. Trying to hide what you're doing. God already know you. Quit faking it to make it, church. Be who you really are. If you want to, I, I get it mixed up. Is it turn out, turn up, whatever that is. I don't know none of them terms. Just go and do it. Go and do it. Quit trying to hide behind God. People that are in the spirit know you tore up. Know you need help. That's why God sent them to you and said, I love you outside of you. We got so much rejection in the house of God. And we're trying to find things to cover the rejection. Things we want to do. We want to be so in the limelight. We want people to like us the way they like everybody else. And the only way I can do that is to dress differently. The only way I can do that is get longer weave. The only way I can do that is get longer nails and pink my toenails and get some eyelashes. The only way I can do that is wear more Mac. The only way I can do that is to get some lipstick that everybody can see. See me, hear me, be attached to me. I'm so rejected. The only way I can do that is pose on Facebook. That's rejection. Because the only one they're supposed to see is Jesus. Jesus. Not you. Not your new look. They don't supposed to see you. Why they need to see your new look? Rejection. Everything you do, people don't supposed to know what you do. That's between you and God. Your husband don't even know what you're doing. But Facebook no more than your man. Look at what I got. Who cares? They really don't care what you got. They putting a little comment saying praise Jesus and then they talking about you. Look what Santa Claus bought me. Ain't no Santa Claus. Look what my Santa bought me. My baby loved me. Milk and cookies tonight, Santa. We need to get it right in the church. Quit lying to your children. Faking it to make it. Easter bunny. town if you don't want him to know you better exit out of here now because I'm going to tell you truth get on Santa lap take a picture with Santa baby could be taking a picture with a pervert what you want for Christmas my grand, grandbaby asked me she said me mom Something about Santa, I say, there go your big Santa sitting right there, huh? right there. 
your daddy. He already told her, so I reminded her. Right there, talk to him. Back at you. It's just enough foolishness out here. And Christians are making people feel like this is right and you know it ain't right. It ain't right. My little granddaughter told me, she was going to daycare, <laughs> she, they be listening. She said, me, Ma, I told them Halloween is of the devil. Right. <laughs> and then my little girl go put on a little Snow White. <laughs> <laughs> but she spoke what she believed. <laughs> but this is what I'm saying. Your words have power. Somebody got to stand against what the world is doing. You are in it, but you're not of it, people. Have you read in the Bible lately? That was Jesus' prayer. Father, they're in it, but they're not of it. They're going to be hated for my name's sake. They're going to hate you because they hated me and you're a part of me. Why some of y'all don't want to be hated? You're going to be hated of men. When you speak the truth, Christians going to hate you that don't want the truth, that want to still live in their mess. They're going to tell everybody how wrong you are. They're going to tell everybody, don't come to Miracle Temple. Them people's a cult. They don't want you to do nothing. God said he wants you to have life and life more abundant. You can't do nothing in that church. I can hear clearly now. You even breathe wrong, she called you out. No, the word bring correction to you. I'm just bringing you what the word of God is saying to you. And if you're getting mad, deliverance is in the house. If you're getting offended, the word is bringing you where you really are. Deal with it. You deal with it through the word. Come on, if we're going to be about Jesus, let's be about Jesus. Let's quit telling somebody what they can't do when we're doing something else. Get it right. Tell people the truth. Yes, I used to lay around with every man, but that ain't who I am now that I'm in Christ. I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. Some of y'all are afraid to tell people where you were. That's when you're acting too holy. You act like you can't mess up. You act like you ain't cursed. You curse. In your mind, you curse, so you curse. But I didn't say it, Apostle. I was thinking it. I ain't going to lie. But I didn't say it. For as a man think in his heart, so is he, so does he become. If you're thinking it and you ain't casting it down, it's coming out eventually. And then you go, oh, I shouldn't have said it. You should say, yeah, I said it. God's working on me. And you shouldn't look at that person wrongly because God is working on me. He's working on you. He's working on me. Everybody got some issues. Don't say you ain't got no issues. From the pulpit down, people got issues. It's what you do with the issue that you have. If you ain't going to bring correction to that issue through the word of God, then you don't want to be corrected. God chastised those whom he loved. He who have not sinned, let him cast the first stone. Some people act like they ain't done nothing. Nothing. Looking at everything 
else done, but you don't look at you. Just, just point at you. That's when you say, it's me, oh Lord. Not them, me. No, no, you're pointing at you. See, I point at myself. Nobody want to point at you because you don't want to point your own self out. Wow. Could have been delivered off them thumbs. You wouldn't take it. See what I'm saying? God gave you instruction. Let's try it again. It's me. See, you only done it because I told you to. You missed it the first time because some of you stuck on you. I need to flash that camera. I'll be glad when it get hooked up. I'm going to flash it right at you. Kim, I want you to know how to use it. And then you can say, it's me. Me. When you get past you, you can help somebody else. You know, we got a lot of people looking up to people. And those people got problems. If you can go in their house, you'll be like, Jesus, Jesus. They need help. You know that song Erica Campbell sing? I need a little more Jesus to help me along the way. She got all Jesus she need. We have to understand, you got all of Jesus you're going to get. But she asking for to help me along the way. We need help along our way, y'all. We need help with some things that nobody can help us with except Jesus, because Jesus already done been through it. So we got to take the word of God, and we got to get into the word of God. See, I have found out the issue I have. I have to go in that word and say, God, I need help with this issue. Husband can't do it. Daddy can't do it. Aunt can't do it. Children can't do it. But I know you can. So I want to stay right here at your feet. Forever at your feet, God. Wash me with this word. Cleanse me with this word. So when I come out of this word, they don't see that no more. They see you. If people are still seeing your offense, your stubbornness, your rebellion, your rejection, it's because you ain't been in here long enough. Because if you stay in here long enough, it's not about you no more. It's all about him. And you ain't trying to fake it to make people think that you're promoting him. Quit promoting yourself. You ain't promoting Jesus. You're promoting yourself because you want to be seen, heard, and attached to. So this is what Satan is after. He's after the word. Go back to Jesus' temptation in Matthew 4. Everything that Satan come at Jesus with, he came back with the word of God. He began to tell him, he said, oh, if you're the son of God, turn these stones into bread. Jesus didn't have to prove who he was. He just said, man, don't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. He knew how he lived by the word of God. Jesus said, I only see and do what my father tell me to do. He said, I'm not going to go outside of my father. We shouldn't go outside of what the father does. What mess us up is hanging with the wrong people. I'm going to be honest with you, and it's Christian folk. Because some Christian folks brag on themselves so much what they do, how they do it, when they done it, that it puts you down here. It makes you feel like, well, I can't succumb to that. It ain't for you to succumb to where I am. Or for me to succumb to where you are. It's for us to line up with what the word of God is telling us. So when we're talking, we're not talking about us. We're talking about him. 
We're talking about what he's done for us and what he can do through us. Because it's not about me. It's all about him. It's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. And when they, when I talk about him, they're supposed to see him and not me. When I give you a word, it is not my word. It is his word given through me to you. Everybody that was raised up in the Bible. We go back to Balak and Balaam. Y'all know Balaam, he was a, a, a sorceress, right? And Balak wanted to use him. And what he wanted to use him for, check this out. He needed for him to speak something. He didn't need for him to be um, dumb, mute. He said, I want you to curse God's people. He said, I want you to speak a curse over God's people. And Balaam, Balaam knew he could not do that. But then God told him, he said, I'm going to tell you what to say. And what I tell you to say, that's what you say. Y'all know what happened to Balaam. His heart wasn't right. God knew his heart wasn't right. He knew he wanted that money. So God used a donkey, a dumb animal, to speak to him. He was so angry because the animal was trying to save his life. And then he crashed into the wall. Oh, he got mad and he was whooping that beast. He said, why you hit me like that all these years? I serve you. The angel had to open up his eyes and let him know that this animal talking, and he talking back to the animal. Gentle. Talking back to the animals, because animals have voices, don't they? They will talk to you. They will bark you out. They will do it. So this is what he did. So he told him, I'm going to put my words in your mouth, and you only speak what I tell you to speak. So God had to put his words in Balaam's mouth. So everything that God told Balaam, that's what he had to speak. What am I telling you? We don't wait on God to put nothing in us. We need to get into the word of God and say, God, what are you saying about this situation? How do you want me to handle this situation? Go back to Moses. Y'all remember Moses is the deliverer, right? When God was preparing Moses, I have to go here. Y'all know I'm a teacher, right? And I ain't shutting up yet. So look, look at this. He told Moses. Y'all remember Moses was saying that he was dumb. He couldn't speak. He was saying this in Exodus 4. And the Lord said unto him, who have made man's mouth? Or who, who maketh the dumb or deaf or the seeing or the blind? Have I not? the Lord. Now therefore go and I will be with thy mouth and teach thee what thou shalt say. Why am I going there? God is the one that teaches you what you're supposed to say. He is the teacher. So when you get into the word of God, the Holy Spirit will teach you. That's God. He's going to teach you. He said, I will be your mouth. I will teach you what to say. If we don't get into the word of God, we got a, a foul mouth. And that mouth that we have is speaking death. The only way we can change that death to life is through the word of God, Christian folk. Christian folks are speaking death. Oh, that's hurting me to death. I'm going to die before I get this such and such age. And when you keep speaking that foolishness, you come to believe that. And then you see your body doing things that your body should not be doing. Amen? So this is why we have to watch what we say. When you already know what you're going to say before you say it because you done thought about it. 
You already know you're going to hurt somebody's feelings before you hurt her. You already thought about it. But God said, I will be with your mouth. Then Moses was afraid because he couldn't speak. And then God began to tell him in verse 15, he said, and thou shalt speak unto him and put words in his mouth. Moses had to put words in Aaron's mouth. Y'all don't get it. God putting words in Moses' mouth. Moses had to take those words and speak them out to Aaron. He couldn't just sit there and say, Aaron. Y'all hear anything? You sure? He had to speak what God was saying to him to give to Aaron. He said, you're going to put words in Aaron's mouth. I'm going to put words in your mouth. Aaron can only speak my words that come from you. Do you see how important words are? With me teaching you up here at this pulpit, I have to know what the word is saying. Because if I bring error in the church, it's going to flow out of the church. And that's what you're going to use in public. And it's twisting the word of God. It's making the word of God of no effect. And this is why the Bible tells us the traditions of men make the word of God of no effect because traditions add to the word of God, telling you what you got to do to be part of a church, telling you how you have to wear this or that to be holy. So people grab hold to those traditions and they begin to speak them. And matter of fact, they tell you no woman's supposed to be on the pulpit. And if you see a woman on the pulpit, don't listen to that woman because that's outside of the word of God because the word of God said women's supposed to be silent in the church. Dumb. I ain't going to say ignorant going to see, just dumb. Because the reason why that was said is because these women could not go like the men could go in these synagogues and get learned. So when they got into the, the place, they were asked stuff out and then they had no right to do it. That's why they said they got to keep silent. If a woman kept silent, men, y'all be in trouble. Because some women is raising men. Because you wasn't raised. Don't know how to cook. Don't know how to clean. Don't know how to wash behind your ears, your toes. I'm not trying to put nobody down by far. But I'm trying to say that we have to do it according to the word of God. We have to live according to this word, not according to how you feel or how you perceive it to be. You don't go on natural. So we see how these men and women of God, they had to go to the word of God to get what they need in order to speak according to what God was saying. Look at Elijah. Elijah spoke according to the word of God. There was going to be no rain. There was no rain. Everything that God told Elijah to speak, that's what Elijah spoke. And this is why we have to be careful. If it's not the word of God, we don't speak it because we curse people. Witchcraft is words. That's what witches do. They speak words. And it's how you receive those words. That's why you have to know this verse. No weapon formed. It will form, but it shall not prosper. You got to know that everything the enemy meant for harm, God's done turned it around. And he made it for my good. So when you know what the word of God is saying, you don't have to sit home and worry about what somebody said. You begin to bind and you begin to loose according to the word. That's what God did. 
He told them how to counteract with the word. When somebody tell you you're going to die, the devil is a lie. Long life shall he satisfy me with and renew my youth like an eagle. I shall live and not die and declare the works of the Lord. When you know the word, you counteract with the word. If that ain't the word, you don't receive it. Because that seed that's being planted. We got some corruptible seeds that's been planted. That's not the word of God that need to be uprooted. How do I know this? Because one day Jesus was with his disciples. We so familiar with this in Mark 11, right? And there was a fig tree. God created everything. And Jesus, he's human, y'all. He walked in the flesh. The word of God became flesh and dwelled among us and we beheld the glory. Amen. So Jesus saw the fig tree afar off. I don't know about y'all, but when you hungry, you see food afar off. And when you get there, you expect it to be there so you can eat it, right? Anyway, so Jesus saw that tree and it was full of green leaves. Jesus knew creation. He said, all right, that tree got green leaves. It's got some figs on it. I'm going to eat. I'm hungry. Jesus looked at that tree and guess what? This is the funny part, y'all. When Jesus looked at that tree, go to Mark 11. I want y'all to see this. Mark the 11th chapter. And this is what Jesus did. And it said in 4, 13, 11, 13, and seeing a fig tree afar off having leaves, he came if happily he might find anything thereon, anything, y'all, just two, three figs, something. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves for the time of figs was not yet. Now, this is the verse I want you to catch. And Jesus answered, the fig tree was talking. And Jesus answered, the fig tree was talking. And Jesus answered, I'm going somewhere, the fig tree was talking. And said unto it, Jesus answered the fig tree. You know what the fig tree was saying? Nah, 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 ain't no figs. It was talking. And Jesus said unto it, you ain't going to have no figs from this day forward. I'm cursing you, nah, 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 nah. What am I telling you? Your checkbook talked to you. When you go balance your checkbook and at the end it's a negative, your checkbook saying ain't nothing in the bank. How you answering? When your body is going through, your body is talking to you. Your body is saying it's hurting. You hear that. How are you kind of reacting that? These, I'm telling you, things will talk to you. But you got to talk back at them. You can look at a person and you'll hear they're sick. Devil is a lie. They're going to die. Devil is a lie. They're not going to live a long life. Devil is a lie. You better watch them. And you like this. Things talk. But you got to talk back to those things. That's what Jesus did. And guess what Jesus did? Jesus knew the moment he spoke to that tree, it was dead. The tree still looked green, y'all. It looked green. But Jesus had faith in what he said. He wasn't looking at how it looked. He knew it had to die at the roots first. He knew that that root was already dead because he saw it. He didn't have to sit there and wait. You know how some of us, we'll say, by Jesus Christ, I'm healed. Oh, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Oh, still hurting by Jesus Christ. Oh, Lord, when is this pain going to stop? Oh, that means you ain't believe it. But Jesus went on about his business. Then when they come back by the tree, they say, Master, the tree that you curse, 
It's withered up at the root. Duh, you think Jesus didn't know that? What did Jesus say? Have faith in God. That means have the God kind of faith. And I'm going to go to this verse. He said, for verily I say, what is he doing? What is he doing? What is he doing? What is he doing? Who is he speaking to? Us. Ain't no disciples. We're disciples, but it's us right now, right? Put you in that verse. For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall what? Say unto this mountain. You got to say. You got to say unto your mountain. Whatever your mountain is. You got to speak the word of God to your mountain. He just used the mountain because of where they were. You got to say unto that mountain, be thou, be thou. Why is it being removed? It doesn't have a right to be there. That's faith-filled words. Jesus was speaking faith-filled words. He said, you don't have a right to be here. You a lion wonder. I curse you at the root. I don't receive that in Jesus' name. You go in the name of Jesus. At the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. In heaven, on the earth, under the earth. That he is Lord. Listen what he's saying. He said, and shall not be thou removed and be cast in the sea and shall not doubt. You doubt, you do without. Why he put doubt in there? Because he know the enemy's going to counteract what you're saying. He said, don't you doubt what you said if it's my word. Why do you not doubt the word of God? Because he said, my word, my word will not come back to me void. It will not come back to me empty, but it will go accomplish that which I please. And it's going to prosper. It's going to succeed in the thing I sent it to do. So when you speak into your mountain, you got to remind yourself, that word ain't coming back here empty. That word is accomplishing what God, what the word sent it to do. And then he said, you don't doubt in your heart. But then it goes on again to say, but believe. It shall not doubt in heart, but believe that those things which he what? Say shall come to pass. He shall have whatever he said. How many times does it say in that verse? First, Jesus spoke unto us. He said, I'm telling you, you got to speak. Y'all ain't getting it? I'm telling you, you got to speak to your mountain. You got to tell your mountain what you want that mountain to do. Some of us are saying, stay with me. Don't leave me. You got a mountain full of mess in your house. Whatever is not like God got to go. There was a woman who had a husband that was terrible. And we know a sanctified woman was sanctified, a sanctified wife was sanctified husband. But this woman said this man was terrible. And she would pray and she would seek the Lord. And she said one day she come home and she went in her room and she heard the spirit of the Lord said, devil, go in the name of Jesus. Said that husband said, you talking to me? And she ain't seen him since. I don't think that's the right way to do things, but she, she said she ain't seen him. He, he, he went, so it lined up with scripture. It said, you let him leave. He took the choice to leave. Y'all don't get it. So, hey, she done her part. God know how much you can bear. 
He put no more on you than you can bear. That's why he put the words in your mouth and then you begin to decree and declare and then it shall be established. That's why you spend time with him and not with yourself. Oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. God said you're spending too much time with yourself and not with God because you're stuck on self. Because you feel like self can do everything, can do anything. If I don't do it, nobody can do it. I got to be ready. I got to fit the part. I got to look the part. People got to hear me. So in order for them to hear me, I got to look glamorous. So people know who I belong to. It's not about you. It's all about him and his word. So we see we got to speak what? Faith, fill words. And as we speak those faith-filled words, things began to change in our lives. When we go back to Moses sending the spies out, and when he sent those spies out, some come back with a good report, the other ones came back with a bad report. And this is what they said. Y'all know I'm going to keep on. If you fall asleep, I'm just going to speak that you're back to life. (laughs) So they were speaking. This is what they said in Numbers 13. 31, but the men that went up with him said, we're not able to go up against the people for they are stronger than we. You see that bad report? They spoke it, didn't they? And they brought up an evil report of the land, which they had searched unto the children of Israel, saying, the land through which we have gone to search it is a land that eateth up the inhabitants thereof. And all the people that we saw in it are men of great stature. So they're speaking what they saw. You see, they're speaking what they saw, but look at this. And there we saw the giants, the sons of Anak, which come of the giants. And we were in our own sight as grasshoppers. They saw big giants. They saw themselves as little grasshoppers. And so we were in their sight. They put all this together through what they saw, and they began to say what they actually saw. But what did Caleb and Joshua speak? They said, we are well able to overcome them because that's what God told them. So they kept speaking according to God in his word. And guess what? They did overcome them. See, this is why you got to silence the enemy. You silence the enemy by the word of God. I'm going to give you a nugget today. I want you to remember this. Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not yet seen. You may not see it in the natural, but it's already taking place. You may not see it in the natural, but it's already taking place in the supernatural. So when you see in the supernatural, you walk according to the supernatural. And the more you walk according to the supernatural, it becomes natural. It becomes a part of you. That's what you have come to believe. You're not trying to make something happen that's already happened. You grabbing hold to what has already been, what God has already said. This is already written, y'all. It's not going to change. Grab hold to what does not change. Your circumstance is subject to change. How does it change? According to the word. The more you stand on the word, the more your situation begins to change in the natural. You bring supernatural into natural. You cannot bring natural into supernatural. It comes from heaven down here on the earth. You don't go by your five senses. You go by the word of God. The more you go by the word of God, your five senses is going to be subject unto the word. 
So get into the word, let the word get into you, and you will become a speaking spirit. Meaning that God spoke those things that be not as though they were. Abraham had to see Isaac before Isaac came. Abraham took God's word regardless of how his body was. Did he know his body was old? Did he know that Sarah could not produce? Yes, he did. He didn't deny that. But he said, God, I'm going on what your words say. Not how I feel or how Sarah feel, but but what your words say. He was fully persuaded at what God said that God was well able to perform. So we have to take God, y'all, at his word. And the more we take him at his word, we're going to stand on his word outside of how we feel. The most important thing today that I pray that you have taken in is it ain't about you. It's about him and his word. His word will overcome anything in your life because he is Elohim. He is the creator. He is a God who sees. He's El Roi, a God who sees. He's all-knowing. He's all-powerful. He's everywhere. He know more than you will ever know. That's why we have to check in with heaven to bring it here on earth. We have to say, God, what time am I living in? We go back to Daniel. Remember Daniel got the prophecy from Jeremiah? He didn't quite understand it, so he went on a fast. He didn't go on a fast to try to get God to do nothing. He went on a fast to get understanding from what he had heard. And when he went on that fast, guess what? It was a lot of stuff going on. It was three weeks. He hadn't heard anything. But then God sent Gabriel and said, the first day that you prayed, he said, I answered. But see, there's a war going on around us. So the moment you pray and you believe God, it's already done. It's already yours. But the enemy want to bring a fight in your life to make you think God ain't done what he said because he end up stirring up the heat like he did Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. But they said, I refuse to bow down. They went in the fiery furnace bound. Have you ever been in a place in your life where you feel so bound, but you ain't letting up on what God said? God, I feel bound. I feel portrayed it, but I'm going to hold on to what you said. And as you hold on, people see you come out, not even smelling like smoke. And they know that God took what was impossible and he made it possible because you believed and you stood on the word. So you can't go on how people look. You got to go on what God is saying. Whatever God says, that's what we do. My God, my God, if I went on what people thought, if I went on what people said, if I went on what people, woo, I wouldn't be where I am today. I say, God, you know what they're saying. I know what they're saying, but this is what you said. Even the close people that's close who's supposed to be walking with you talk. But I say, God, I'm like Elijah. Open their eyes and allow them to see what you will have them to see. We got some talkers. God said, I will shut the lion's mouth. See, you better watch what you're doing. You better watch how you return in evil reports. People are trying to get up on you to get up on me. But I'm here to tell you, God got me shielded. He got me protected. He got his angels surrounding me because he said, those that fear the Lord, he would get his angels in camp round about them. People have been waiting on so much to happen here at Miracle Temple. 
They ain't got no money. I remember when, remember when just happened. When the church was tore up from the floor and I was praying. I heard that devil, as Miss Andy said, that devil <laughs> saying, see what she going to do now. I rose up like a lion. I said, ain't what I'm going to do is what God has already done. I said, we have more than enough. We can do all things through Christ which strengthen us. I begin to call those things that be not as though they were. So this is what you do. I begin to speak faith-filled words. I begin to hear people talking negative against the ministry. I'm like, bring it on, Jesus. And everything God would say, I would say. That's how faith-filled words work. How do you think me and my husband has got where we got? I want y'all to look around. Look around. I want you to look around. And I want to ask you a question. Miracle temples. Do you think anybody in here could have done this? Hello? Did anybody really ask you to do it? You had a choice. Is that not right? But some people thought it wasn't going to happen. Thought it wasn't going to happen. Waiting for a fall. Waiting for a slip up. I had somebody that was in ministry with me for years. And y'all know, they they told y'all this. They said, Pastor, I was waiting on you to fall. Waiting on you to mess up. I was watching you. Because I said, ain't nobody can be like that. She got to mess up somewhere. I was waiting on you to mess up. And at the end, they end up apologizing. They end up asking me for forgiveness. And they had followers right here in Miracle Temple. People were following them, looking up to them, trying to tell on me. Shame on you. Because God already knows. See, sometimes you got to go through the fire to know you ain't going to get burnt. Sometimes you go through the water and it don't overtake you. Why? Because God will let you know there's a fire coming. But you ain't going to get burned. He said, you may go through it, but you're going to come out like not smell. See, God talking to somebody in this house. So whatever your enemies try to do to you, guess what? God has already done fixed it for you. Only thing you got to do is trust him and trust his word. That's why y'all, I have to stay before him. And I got to get clear direction because it's always somebody trying to wait on you to mess up. It's always somebody that say, you act like you perfect. Yeah, I'm perfect in him. And this is the way he do things, not the way I think they should be done. And this is the way we're going to do it because God will open your eyes and show you what he want done. And you don't change it. Just because somebody think this is the way it need to be, say, so I think the way God says it's going to be. So we're going to do it God's way, not our way. So whatever God say, that's what we're going to do in this house. Faith, fear words. Is your words full of faith or are they full of you? When you speak faith, fear words, people, you get results. But they have to be faith, fear words. You going on what you believe. You ain't just saying it no more. You saying it because you believe it. And you standing on what you believe. And you're not counter-reacting it with nothing. You speaking what you 
believe. Quit talking all of that mess. And it's not lining up with this word. Sometimes you can talk and it feel good while you're talking. You get high off that stuff. Something hits your house, you're just as weak as what? I ain't gonna lie. You can talk all that gibberish, something hits your house, you, oh, don't mess with me, don't say nothing to me, leave me alone. Leave me alone, don't mess with me, don't say nothing to me. Jesus! I need you now, Jesus! What happened to that deep voice? Won't it do it? Yes, it will. And then you get home. Jesus! Y'all know? Done been there, done done that. Somebody call you? <laughs> it's funny. Y'all, I done been through it. My husband asked me a question. What? What you want? Somebody call. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. What's going on? We know how to play them games. Come on, somebody. Or you're hurting. Oh, you hurt. I'm all right. I'm doing just fine. Now I'm doing just fine. Get off the phone. Bring me that pill. <laughs> then you get up in church. The Lord is a healer. Yes, he is. <laughs> Let's just be honest. We portray that with people, in front of people. We get home and close the door. The husband, the kids, everybody know. Everybody know where you at. Don't mess with me. Don't touch me. Help me, Lord. But you're speaking something else to me or somebody else. That's a lie. Tell the truth. I'm hurting. I'm in pain. I've been praying all night long and seem like nothing won't ease my pain. I just need somebody to touch and agree with me because he's still Lord outside of me. And then you just be honest. I took this. I took that. Hey, God's still going to love you regardless of what you take. Just be honest. Don't try to make it look good in front of somebody else because they didn't. This is what I did to get by, but God still heals. He still delivers. He still set free. I may not be where you are, but he's still God. Tell it like it, T.I. is. That's how the enemy come in in our lives. We try to be super holy. You know where you are. Pop it all day long if you got to pop it. But this is medicine. This will overpower everything. But until it get in you, you got to go to other means, people. That's why God created other means because he know where you are. He know what you can stand. But it should come a time that we say, God, I trust you, God. Speak faith-filled words. Or don't speak nothing at all. Because guess what you're doing? You're making people believe in something that you don't even believe. It's time to let God be true and every man become a liar. Y'all, it's not about us. It's all about him. So, Speak only what you believe. Speak only what you believe. If you don't believe it, don't say nothing. Say, I need to talk to God about that. Don't tell people something you don't believe yourself. Speak only faith-filled words. Close yourself off. Get where you need to be with God. And say, God, this is where I am. I need help in this area. I ain't where Sister Deborah is in this area, Lord. I can't touch and agree with her when I'm not there yet.
because I'll be lying. I have to sit this one out, God, because I ain't got there yet. We're supposed to come together in unity because where two or three come together, together, believing the same thing with the same mind, he's in the midst. Y'all, let's quit playing church. Let's quit playing around with God. Either you're going to believe him or you're not. You cannot be double-minded. A double-minded man will not receive anything from God. He's unstable in all his ways. You don't want to stay unstable. Don't let people change your confession. Watch who you talk to. Watch who you're around. And I'm going to give you a challenge. I'm going to give you a seven-day Facebook challenge. Stay off Facebook for seven days. And really hear what God is saying. And then go on Facebook. I mean, for seven, some people ain't going to want to do it because that's your livelihood. Because if you don't have a moment with Facebook, see, your moment with Facebook is your moment with the king. If you can't have Facebook, you feel like you ain't got nothing. So we're going to have a seven-day Facebook challenge. Seven days. See me after church, the ones that want to take the challenge. Then after those seven days, I'm talking about not just staying off, but being before God, being in your word. Let's see what you post in. Let's see what you say then. But actually, it takes longer than seven days to kill what you started. But let's see if you have um, addiction to it. Because if you got an addiction, you're going to be trembling. You ain't going to know what to do. You're going to catch yourself with your tablet in your hand. Ready to go on Facebook. So see me after service. And let's see who want to take this seven-day Facebook challenge. Let's see if you can shut down for seven days and see how your flesh feel. If your flesh start acting up, that's what you love. If it don't bother your flesh, that means it wasn't no problem to you. Some people say, I ain't on Facebook, so I ain't got no problem. You on something else. (laughs) may not be Facebook, but it might be something else you own and you don't want to shut down. People all at work on Facebook. Those be getting paid on Facebook, telling everybody business on Facebook. People know more about you than you know about you. It's time to shut it down. And it's time to get into the word of God, the word of life, and hear what God has to say for a change. Let's hear him, y'all, so we can be mighty in battle. These men and women of God heard him, did what he said, and they got results from what he said. Amen. Come on, it's time for us to believe God. It's time for us to stand up for what God is saying, not what man is saying. I'd rather believe God than believe man. And how can you believe God if you ain't in the good book? Amen? Athea, I believe. This is a time now where we have to believe God. We have to take him at his word.